Hey, it's Gabe here. I want to thank you personally for checking out our YouTube channel, and I want to invite you to click the subscribe button so that each weekend's message will automatically show up in your feed so that you can check it out. With that being said, we want to jump into today's message. Amen. Well, uh, today we have a very, very special treat, a very good friend of mine. Uh, he pastors a church called The House in Rogers, Arkansas, so he made about a four-and-a-half-hour journey to Paris, Texas, the big city of Paris, Texas, to be with us today, and I believe that God's going to speak through him, and so will you please welcome to the stage Stephen Sexton. What's up, Impact Church? Come on. Man, I'm excited to be here. Uh, my wife could not come. She's at home with our four kids. We have a 14-year-old, a 12-year-old, an 11-year-old, and a 9-year-old. And so, come on, pray for her. Uh, but, um, no, seriously, we love your pastors, Pastor Gabe and Amanda Miller. Come on, show them some love. It's important to honor. It's, a, it's important to be people of honor. You can never repeat what you don't honor. You know what I'm saying? And, and you may be thinking, well, I'm not going to go start a church, but you'll start something. You'll there should be a dream in you that, that you, you're going to start this family. You're going to start over. You're going to, does that make sense? There should always be something that you are building in you. And so here's the thing is that we, we want to be uh, generous with honor. Uh, our culture is very generous with criticisms. But, but, but that's not what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us to be generous, come on, with honor. And uh, I just think it's phenomenal that in three years, you guys have made an impact in this community. Come on, come on, in three years. And I was talking with a few people in the back and just telling them telling me how much they love it here. And so, and again, I just think that that is awesome. And I think that this is an incredible reflection of the heart of the Father. You know what I'm saying? And so um, what you're doing when you come and you serve and you give and you sow and you serve, uh, you're not doing that to build an organization. You're doing that to build the kingdom. Come on, somebody. Is that good? Well, um. Here's the thing is everything has to be built. Everything has to be built. Everything of value has to be built. Uh, you don't find a good marriage. Come on, you what? Come on now, help me. Come on. Come on, I come from a talking church, so y'all going to have to help me out now. Listen, listen. You don't find a good marriage. You what? You, you, you build it. Don't ever say when you see a family that is functioning well, where the kids are obedient, where the, the husband loves the wife and the wife loves the husband and everybody's operating in service. Don't ever in naivety say they got lucky. You understand what I'm saying? Behind the scenes, after the posts of Instagram, there are a lot of people being very, very what? Intentional because they're building. Come on, does that make sense? They're building something. They're building something. You you don't you don't um, you don't just show up one day and decide to be a leader. You got to what? You got to build it. Does that make sense? You got you got to build it, and and it takes a while. It, don't, don't ever trust a leader that doesn't have any scars. 
Does that make sense? The truth of the matter is you can't just step up and say, I've been great since I've been born. Does that make sense? You've had value. You've had in value. That's undeniable. But the truth of the matter is leadership is built based on, come on, pain. Friendships, awesome friendships don't just happen. Well, I don't know what happened. We just got together one day and had coffee or we're doing that. And then all of a sudden we just love, we're just best friends until that one fight. You know what I'm saying? Then all of a sudden y'all done deleted each other from Instagram. You see them at Walmart and you walk down the other aisle. Don't play. Listen, all I'm saying is that's how you know you've really forgiven people. It's the Walmart test. A lot of people will say, oh, no, I walk in forgiveness, Pastor. I walk in forgiveness. When you see them, what do you do? That lets you know if you've forgiven them or not. When you see them get out the car, if you wait a little longer, you haven't forgiven them. Come on. You don't find a great church. You build it. You build it. You build it. You build it. You don't just have one cool moment with God. But listen, you build the presence of God in your life. And I'm telling you, what you build today will carry you tomorrow. What you build today, in May, my, uh, my we moved into a new house, and, and uh, no nobody told me, no nobody told me uh, what was to come. I was not prepared. No one told me about all the questions and stressful decisions. Come on, and the concerns and the tears that would happen when we were going to build our home, and that was just the blueprints. You understand what I'm saying? Like, like it got real over where we were put in the laundry room, okay? And uh, while we're moving into our home, and, and man, God, God bless us, and we've used it, and we're excited that God is able to use it. Listen, building a home for my family is nothing compared to building a home where the Father, Abba God, can deal with my brokenness Deal with my fears. Deal with my concerns. There's a lot of things that you can build that will benefit you. But, but none of those things will benefit you in the night when you're alone. And you feel like you've blown it like the presence of God. Friends, if God is going to move on our hearts, he's got to first get in our schedules. Do you hear what I'm saying? If God is going to really move on our hearts, then he's got to get in our schedules. And I think we need to have a little Google invite. Come on, somebody. A little little invitation uh, where God is on the subject line. And that's what I really want to talk today for the next couple minutes is I want to talk about building a place, come on, for his presence. Building a place for his presence. Turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 4. And we're going to spend some time here, Second Kings chapter 4, uh, and we're going to start here in verse 8. And it says, one day 
Elijah went to Shunem, where a wealthy woman lived who urged him to eat some food. Come on, that's my type of ministry right there. All right? So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there and eat some food. And she said to her husband, Behold now, I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let's make a small room for him on the roof with walls and put there a bed, a table, a chair, a lamp, so that whenever he comes, he can go in there. One day, he came there, and he turned into the chamber, and he rested. Okay, it got built. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him, and he said to, and he said to him, Say now to her, See, you have taken all of this trouble for us. What can be done for you? I just want to pause for a second because I don't want to get into story time. I want to deposit this into your heart. Here is a wealthy woman, a woman of means, a woman of stature, a woman who on the outlook doesn't look like she needs a lot. Can I tell you that you are never so financially secure that you don't need? The worst thing you can do in this culture is judge people based on where you think they're at. We used to be a society that would value people who worked hard and got ahead, but now we criticize them. Does that make sense? We used to be a society that understood the, 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 how hard it was to move ahead. But now we have a society that's moving more and more toward, come on, listen, entitlement. See, here's the deal. Even in the church, can I tell you this? God is never for entitlement. He's for sonship. Entitlement says, I'm going to give it to you, and you don't have to do anything about it. Sonship says, all of this is yours. Now turn off the light and sweep the floor. There's a difference with sonship. Sonship means it's all yours, but we're going to have to be responsible over everything that God gives us because there is this expectation over our life to what? Multiply. If I give you seed, I expect fruit. That's why we want you to step in and use your gift. Step in and use. You may say, well, I can't do the biggie. I can't sing. I can't preach. I can't. Well, guess what? Are you administrative? Can you type? Come on, somebody. Can't, can't. Do you know how to stack cups? Well, I've never really thought about that. Well, that's why we're, come on. See, there's something in you that you can give and you don't even know. Like everybody wants the orchard, nobody wants the seed. If I came to you and I said, I have a thousand acres of fully developed apple trees, you would run up to me, you may even give me a kiss, you may hug me, you may say, I knew I liked you, but if I hand you after service a bag of seed, you will be like, It's going to sit in your car for about three weeks. And then after a moment of frustration, you're going to throw it away. But guess what? That seed was the orchard. Does this make sense? See, here's what I'm saying to you. I love the fact that the Bible indicates that this woman went through some trouble. Everybody say trouble. If you're going to serve God, you're going to walk through some trouble. If you're going to serve God, it's going to be, listen, 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 inconvenient, inconvenient. Listen, the God of our culture is convenience. 
We want it easy. And we want it now. We want it easy and we want it now. And so people are frustrated in their marriage because they thought when they walked down the aisle, it would be easy and now. You didn't know you had to build it. Does that make sense? You didn't know he was crazy. You didn't know she was crazy. See, all these people talking about, I just want a baby. I just want a baby. I just want a baby. Do you? Get ready not to sleep for the next 25 years. Don't talk to me about how cute it could be and how you want to take your picture. (laughs) Because that right there took five minutes. But you better understand you're going to be up at night. You're going to be crying. There are going to be times when you're going to want to kill the thing that you love. So don't play with me. Does that make sense? See, there's this idea, there's this indication that sometimes if you step into what God will call you to do, it will not be easy. It will be hard. Hard. Well, I just don't believe if it's hard and it's heavy, it must not be God. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and act like you, um, um, you hadn't read your Bible. Moses did not want to go back to Egypt. Esther didn't walk, want to walk in before the king. Come on now. Jesus sweat drops of blood. Peter got, got frustrated because of a few people that had negative responses. And this dude wanted to run. There is this idea, especially with non-denominational, more Holy Ghost churches that that we would rather pray away every giant than go face it. We would rather pray it away and if there's a giant, we must be doing something wrong. And and now my anxiety is really, really high because I didn't know I was going to have to throw this rock in this guy's head. What if I miss? Everybody's going to be watching. My brother didn't even want me to go. I know I just did it in front of everybody and I'm going to fail. Or it's going to be the moment that changes your whole life. Come on, does this make sense? See, there's this idea that there's a little trouble. Everybody say trouble. In ministry, and so I want to break this down for you. Put that graph up there real quick. I want to show you something, and I've been teaching this to our church. People love coming to church. So the first entry, and I know it's blurry. I'm sorry about that, but it's me. When you come, if this is your first Sunday, this Sunday has been all about two people. Jesus and you, baby. Come on, it's Disney World. We're catering to you. We love you. Every transition was with you in mind. We sweat. People took breath mints before you got here just so they would meet you so that they wouldn't have stank breath when you walked in. Come on, somebody. Everything from top to bottom has been about you. That's why you love it. Oh, my God, I love this church. They were so friendly. Everything was for you. 
Because this church, come on, is missional, and we don't know what's happening in your life, but we would real, this church would rather be inconvenienced to help you win. It's not manipulation. It's we're trying to come in and inconvenience ourselves, show up an hour and a half early just so that we can have that moment because we are God's children. Come on, serving God's children. And there is this idea. You're not a volunteer. You're God's children, serving God's children. You're God's children, serving God's sons and daughters, serving God's sons and daughters. And that's what God would do. So this first phase, there is absolutely no weight. The bars indicate weight. There's no weight. Then you, you come, you come for about two or three months, and you're like, I just love it, I just love it. I think I'm ready. I'm going to take a step. You go to a grow track. You go to a, a, an assimilation class. You get into a life group, and now we're all applauding. Woo! You're in! And you're like, yes, I am. When do I get my T-shirt? When do you put me on the gram? I'm a part of family. Then what happens is you actually start sowing and you start giving. And guess what? Guess what happens is, is the, the weight was really, really small to take the class. The only thing you had to do was change your schedule a little bit, tell people that you would eat the stew a little later. The only thing you had to do was kind of just, but, but you made that step. And praise God that you made that step. But then here's what happens is you start thriving. And, and we see your purpose and responsibility. And we see your gifts come out. And then you make another step. And you begin to, come on, join the team. And then you become an anchor on the team. Come on. And then you're all in. And you start carrying weight. But I'm telling you, there is a moment when you feel the weight. And anxiety starts to set in. And you're like, oh, I can do it. It's so heavy. I didn't know it was so heavy. And so what people want to do is instead of moving forward and stepping into authority in the house and leadership in the house and owning the room, they want to back up and go to the place where it was all about them. I felt great when I first started. Everybody does. Everybody does. Come on, when you first start with Jesus... Here's the deal. I'll forgive all of your crud. That's a pretty good place to be. But guess what? There was this idea that there was more than just the cross. And the cross is the doorway to everything mature in your life. And God did not want to just save you. He wanted to heal you. And that is a process. Come on, somebody. You hear what I'm talking? Help me. Does this make sense? And so the truth of the matter is, that's why Jesus said, put your hand to the plow and don't look. Come on, what? Don't say it again. And there are so many people that I meet in the body of Christ that they grow and it gets heavy. And because they don't know how to deal with it, they disengage and they go to another church. And in a year, they're at the same place. Lean into this. You want to know why? Because you're growing. You're always going to be in that place. Because the idea of the kingdom, come on, listen, is to tend and keep what God gave you, and we not got to learn to deal with heaviness rather than avoid it, come on, and back up. All I'm telling you is there are times when it's going to be trouble, and you want to step into that rather than step, come on, help me, away from that. Is this good? 
Let's go on. Let's continue. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. And it says here. It says here. Yeah, I, here's the thing. Is uh, there are, I, I think, just a, a few things that stick out to me a, a, about this text as we as we read it. And um, and and so let's finish this. She said, "Would you have a word spoken?" This is Elijah. Would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king and the commander of the army? And so back then, you could not move locations unless you had some sort of certificate. You couldn't just move. And so you had to have someone write a letter to the king or to the commander in order to move. And basically what he was saying is, you're a person of wealth. I don't know if you need to live here anymore. The place that you're at is a little beneath you. Would you like to move into a better area? And I love the fact that she is content and she says, I dwell among my people. In other words, what's going on in me is not a move. What's going on in me is I need you to move in me. See, there's a lot of times that we think that all I needed is a change. And so it's something external. But really, God wants to do something, come on, internal in our lives. She says, I dwell among my people. And then he said, what then is to be done with her? Gehazi answered, well, she has no son and her husband is old. I don't know about you, but but if I'm in the Bible and I'm being described, I don't want to be described. I want to be described as, and the husband is ruggedly handsome. Mind as sharp as a tack. Not the husband is old. He said, call her. And when he called her, she stood in the doorway and he said, at this season, he begins to prophesy, about this time next year, you will embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, O man of God, do not lie to your servant. And the woman conceived and bore a son about the time following the spring, just like Elijah had told her. Here's what I want to talk about real quick. I'm going to get out of your way. Three ways to build the presence. Three ways to build a place for His presence. The first one is this. If you're going to build a place for His presence, you're going to have to leave what's comfortable. You're going to have to leave, come on somebody, what's comfortable. The woman's desire to leave what's comfortable in order to care about God's presence is astounding. There was no real reason for her to show this kindness to the prophet. She had all she needed. However, may I suggest that in each of us, there is a huge desire, come on, to know Him. There is, in all of us, we are all, Romans says, we are all without excuse. Romans chapter 1, 19 through 23 says, For what, we can, be, what can be known about God is plain to them. Because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. Here's this idea that we are so busy, we haven't stopped to contemplate the complexities of our world. And so we are satisfied with being told what to believe than to really, come on, listen, think for ourselves. Do you really think that this...
gastro thing happened billions of years ago and gases collided and all of a sudden there was this this um, uh, cell that produced life that then produced um, a finch or a bird or a monkey and then produced you like you really think that is it With every thumbprint different? Is it any wonder why in our society there is no value for life? Because we have been told your life has no value. Your life has no value. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter who you hurt. It doesn't matter what happens to your life. Because your life has no value. But God says that's no if you would just take a moment, you would see there's a creator. Many times you have to leave what's comfortable, listen, to get a connection. There are so many wonderful opportunities in our world, so many places to visit, so many things to do. Be careful that comfort isn't king. Has Sunday morning become comfortable? Has your relationship with Jesus become comfortable? Your desire for the Father, is it comfortable? How do you know you're getting comfortable? First of all, you no longer see the need. You no longer see the need. Here is a woman that saw a need and said, I can do something about activating God's presence. See, in the Old Testament, that this the Elijah was God's voice and presence. Come on, somebody, in the world. And here's what I need you to know is she saw the need. Do you even see the need? See, you think it's harder work. You, you may think it's more hours. You may think it's grinding. And I'm not saying that we don't work hard, but I'm telling you there is no substitute. And you got to see the need. Can I tell you, all your come to Jesus talks with all of your family, are they producing? Because I am old enough now to realize I can't control nobody. I can complain, I can nag, I can push, I can pontificate, I can think, I can help carry it, but I cannot change anyone. Does that make sense? And so I've got to see the need, come on, in my life for the presence of God. The second thing is this. We're talking about uh, how do you know you're getting comfortable? You don't want to deviate from normal. There's never, I just want to be normal. I just want to be average. I don't, I'm mad when my schedule changes. All I want is control. I don't want to deviate from normal. I don't want to, come on, listen. I don't want to deviate. I don't want to turn off Netflix. I don't want to stop making phone calls and emails. I don't want to stop anything to get close to God. I want my pastor to mama bird, baby bird, and I want him to digest in the presence of God because we're paying him to be Jesus for us, and I want him to dispense it to me because I don't have time to read my Bible. Come on now. Listen, every man in this place, Every mom in this place, it is not the pastor's job to be the priest over your home. 
Here is how it should work. On Sunday, your kids should get back in the car and they should go, Mom, you know what we talked about? We talked about at church what you were telling me on Thursday. Does that make sense? Pastors should be promoting dad's authority, not being the only authority in your house. Come on, somebody. Y'all not ready for me. Listen. How do you know you're getting comfortable? Your appetite for risk is really low. See, there used to be a day, I don't care. I don't care. Come on, how many of y'all know? I don't care. I'm going to evangelize the world. But some of y'all have left that person at youth camp. Some of y'all left that, well, I was just naive. No, you were hungry. And so you got knocked down and you got hurt and and things happened and and you made plans and they didn't work out. I get that. It's hard. Because because you had this idea that you and God were going to walk through life unscathed. But character is not built on the Characters built in the valley. Come on. Are you healing me? Are you hearing me? Listen, listen. Is your appetite for risk too low? Have they, have, have they been talking about serving yet? Yeah. Come to serve day. Why would I do that? Does that make sense? Here's the idea. Is that Maybe the thing that you're wanting is right on the other side of stuff. And some things don't come by just attendance. Come on, help me. The second thing. Y'all getting anything out of this? Okay, the second thing. How much time I got? Am I good? I got like five, ten minutes. What do I got? Help me. All right, good. All right, the second thing is this. Be intentional about bringing him closer. We're talking about developing a blueprint, come on, for the presence of God. Be intentional about bringing him closer. Now, I just want you to think about this. I like this woman. I like her because she is not going up to the pastor and saying, God spoke to me about what you need to do. When people, listen, a couple years ago, I had somebody come up and say, Pastor, God told me what what you need to do. And I said, great, he told me what you need to do too. You go first. (laughs) They didn't come at me again. (laughs) Listen, let me tell you something. Listen, I have a lot of compassion, but ain't no punk. (laughs) Listen, listen, come on. Here's what I love. About her. She is willing to step out. She's intentional about bringing him closer. So she, I read it like this. She hunts this person down and says, hey, I know you need some food. Come to my house. Not, I was thinking, if you ever journey my way, if I could have a two-week heads up, I really cook a mean roast. 
Come on, some of us got to go up. Come on, carpe diem, seize the day. Like, like go up and be like, hey, you need some food. You know, you're the voice of God in this area. I'm going to feed you so you can say it. You need to come to my house. I'm cooking for you already. Can you imagine the conversation between the Shunammite and her husband? When she's been cooking for Elijah and and his friend Gehazi, and in the moment, probably in the evening, Shumi walks up and says, Hey babe, I want to talk to you about something. And he and he says, she says, No, no, when you have a time, I just want to talk to you about something. Uh, all right, what, what? Well, you know Elijah? Yeah. Well, you know he's been coming over for dinner? Yeah. And you know, I want to talk to you about that. How long is he going to be coming over? How long do you think this is going to last? Well, I was just thinking that, you know, on the roof? Yeah. The roof outside? Yeah. Well, I was just thinking that maybe we could build some walls and a room. And he could come and he could stay there. You want me to build a room for another man to come live in my house? Well, yeah, and you know what? I also want a bed. I want a lampstand. I want a chair. I want... You are crazy. You are cr- I am not going to invest. We have a plan. We have a budget. We're going to be somewhere. Listen, you don't keep wealth by get- No way. I'm not building that. And I can just see her. You listen here, you old fart. Come on. Listen. Here's the thing is that she was intentional at bringing, come on, the presence of God closer. And here is what I I, I love about this verse. Is that while her wealth could not produce the child, her wealth could produce proximity. See, a lot of people won't do what they can do to get what they want to get. And I believe even in this church, there are some of you that you don't even know, but you have the capacity to build the next room. You have the capacity to build the next room. And I'm telling you, if you will step into that moment, It's not that less is going to happen in you. It's you're going to see the thing in you fulfilled. Does this make sense? Come on. You hear what I'm saying? Listen, as we talk about this, I see people all the time. They want to get married. They want to have kids. They want a job career. They want a career. They want, they want to buy their first home. They want In life, you're going to have to be intentional. You're going to have to make some room. Can I tell you this? If you are single, stop dating Netflix. I don't care how many love movies you see. He is not coming to knock on your door and say, baby, let me put that remote down. Stop dating lonely. 
get out. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, you had me till you went there. Psalms 34, 17 says, the righteous cry out, listen, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. Come on, do we have any people who will step? I love the fact that the work doesn't weaken her faith. I love the fact that she's building something. I love the fact that she's investing in a relationship. I love the fact that she will, come on, not quit. She will not quit. Listen, as we end today, the last one is this. We got to make sure that you know. The, th- the third and last one is this. You have to believe that making room for the presence of God is a benefit. If you don't believe that it's a benefit, if you don't believe that time with Him is beneficial, then you will never do it because here's the deal. We all do what is a benefit. We take our kids to the park because it's a benefit. We stay late at work because it's a, come on, help me, benefit. All the things that we do, we do because they're a benefit. And we cannot say, God, you are the Lord of all. If we really see, come on, help me, no benefit. There's a benefit. You're not wasting your time. Here is what I love, is that her intentionality was the catalyst to her conception. What is in you right now that if you stepped a little closer, the benefit would change your life? I'm not telling you it won't be hard. I'm not telling you there weren't days when when, when the, the husband walked by and go, I don't know why we're building this, a dumb thing, dumb thing, dumb. And every day she's like, <laughs> I'm not saying it was easy. All I'm saying is the relentless pursuit had a benefit, and we need to understand who God is. James tells us that God is a the father of lights, a good giver. And when you pursue him, come on, some good things happen. Some of us need, need, need to pursue God and the benefit will be, come on, listen, you'll walk in forgiveness. The yelling and screaming will stop in the marriage. We'll stop going to bed mad every night. The benefit will be you'll see your children as a joy instead of a burden. The benefit, come on, does that make sense? Can we talk about the benefit? Because the God says, where I am, there is fullness of joy. Come on, there is joy. Joy isn't what you amass. It's the presence of God that you hold. And my hope for you today as we end is that you would make a blueprint that you would make a place for his presence. Come on, you guys are going to do a little worship here. Come on, just stay where you're at right now. Come on, put all your stuff down. Let's just take a moment. I know i got to get out of here. Uh, I, I thank you guys so much for letting me come. But we're just going to take a moment here. And they're gonna, you guys are just going to lead us in like a chorus or something like that. And we're, they're going to sing that over you guys. And here's what I'm asking you. 
am I building a place for his presence? Sir, I'm not talking to your wife. I'm talking to you. Teenager, I'm not talking to your parents. I'm talking to you. Ma'am, I know you're excited. This is what he's needed to hear. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. Come on, we got to step in. Come on, y'all sing this real quick. Come on, come on, sing this. Come on. Me, you always have me choosing just as I am. Come on, you want to stand up? Come on, lift your hands. Come on, come on, come on. Lean into this moment real quick. Lean into this moment real quick. Come on, church. Come on, church. Search your heart. You love me. Come on, what? You always have you to see. Some of us have been trying to do it Just on our own. We're carrying too much. It's too much. It's too much. Come on. It's too much. Come on, one more time. Sing that again. Come on. Hit that. Come on. You love me. You always have Somebody needs Just to repent this place. God, forgive me. Forgive my focus. Come on, I make a place for your presence. Right here in this place. Come on, every eye closed. Every head bowed. In a moment of just in his presence. Do you need to repent? It's okay. It doesn't mean that you're bad. It means that you're getting back to focus. Do you need to repent? Maybe this is your first time to accept Jesus as Lord. Maybe you've grown up in church. But here's the deal. Some of these concepts have not grown up in you. And today, you're ready to make a blueprint. You're ready to make a place for His presence. And if that's you, come on, I'm going to count to three. And I want you come on right all over this place. In the front, in the back, in the sound, on the stage. It doesn't matter where you're at. But this church has got to be led, listen, by presence carriers. You're not building an organization. You're building the kingdom. And if that's you, I'm going to count to three. Would you just lift your hands? One, two, three. Come on, hands are going up all over this place. Hands are going up all over this place. Come on, just tell them in your own way, God, forgive me, restore me, begin to focus me. God, maybe I've been too busy for you. I've left my first love. I've gotten busy doing a lot of other things. Recaptivate my heart. Repeat this after me. Dear Jesus, forgive me. Today, I take off the blinders. And I realize that my main job is to build a place for your presence. Begin to remove all the compromise in my heart so that I can take a step and be who you called me to be. In Jesus' name. Come on, sing this one more time. Come on, sing this one more time. You always have you 